I told them folks? I said, you all can go to hell. I'm going to Texas. everyone and good afternoon here in London. You're listening to the Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusader Channel. I'm Joe Clovis, sitting in the big chair for Richard, who is on family leave this week. Lucky guy. You're listening to the Crusader Channel, always on air, always online at crusader.com. At the crusaderchannel.com, the last live station standing and kicking. And our, our call our call-in line, the telephone number is 844-527-8723. Our live chat room, the only social media out there worth actually socializing on line is the Crusader channel at uh, chat. Okay, so as I said, my name is Joe Clovis and um, I'm here in London. And uh, I'm coming to you live from London, England. Sitting in Rick Barrett's uh, chair of Crusader Channel, always online and always on air. Today is our lady's birthday. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And what an honor it is, what a gift. Normally I'm a, a techie. Uh, that holds things together while the presenters, etc., do their stuff. Well, now it's my turn. So here we go. I have to say, I don't really like talking about myself, but I think it's important that you have an idea of who it is you're listening to. Okay, so uh, I was born in the Americas, St. Lucia in the Caribbean. My parents answered the call to come to the motherland of the Commonwealth. I have four brothers, and I'm the fourth. So I'm not the youngest, but all my brothers will be speaking at some point, I hope. I started out as an electrician, became a communications engineer and a computer engineer and networking engineer, followed by a cameraman and a video editor. I've been married to Teresa for some 30 odd years, have nine children, five boys, four girls. Two of the girls are teachers, um, teaching modern languages and maths, the younger two just passed their A-levels with A's and are starting university next week. The boys are a lab technician, auto mechanic, um, telecoms engineer, a medical doctor, and the last son is in the seminary. He was in catering, but I figure that uh, he thought it would be better to cater for people's souls rather than their stomachs. The serious part is that the last 30 years odd, I've been very much involved in, pro, in the pro-life movement in the UK with my brothers. We've had many battles with the schools, with the abortion clinic staff, clergy, etc. Um, and organized, we organize pro-life pro conferences, leadership courses, marriage preparation courses, natural family planning courses, etc. And prayer, processions and, vigil, and vigils. As it's Our Lady's birthday, I thought it is only right and proper that we not only acknowledge and celebrate this 
this, um, but deliberate and appreciate the enormity of the incredulity of the facts of history that this young and most beautiful woman in the backwaters of nowhere is visited by a humble and great angel to ask a profound question that puts even heaven on pause. And in all humility and grace, she answers, yes. And the sigh that came from heaven swept over the land and embraced it and embraced the whole world like a warm blanket on a frozen night. I think that must have been the most important yes that was ever uttered. I was hoping to have my brother, Father Linus, speak today on Our Lady as it is a, it's a subject that he, he loves. Unfortunately, he's under the weather, as we say in the UK. So Greg has, uh, has decided to step in the breach, and we're going to talk about evolution, its theory, its impact on our society and the church. I have to say, off the bat, I always had a problem in accepting evolution, but I never had the courage and the language of conviction to argue intelligibly about it until Greg took the whole theory by the scruff of the neck and shook the nonsense out of it. Um, but but that's, that's Greg, and he's a specialist in that. I could, I'm not sure if he's ready now, he, he should be, but we have worked very hard over the last 30, nearly 40 years um, in the pro-life movement, um, which actually led him, I think, to the to to um, consider evolution very seriously as he has. But we've worked in this movement because we have we, well, actually what's happened. Greg showed me a picture um, nearly 40 years ago of an aborted baby, and that picture is still in my mind even now. And I recognised and I realised that I could not live and do while these children have been brutalized and 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 slaughtered in this ungodly manner and i and uh, it so happened that he <laughs> when he showed it to me i think he had a plan you know he, i think he probably figured that my what my reaction was going to be and uh, ever since then we've been working very closely together on a number of projects um steering the 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 the, the educational part of it because we thought if people knew like i I was pretty ignorant. If people knew what abortion was in the UK, they would reject it outright, without hesitation. And we spent oh months and months of of, of deciding how we would do this. Fortunately, we were we were guided by a, a great priest called uh, Father Paul Marx, and he he founded the organisation called um, Human Life International, and um, Greg introduced me to this and we, and we founded a human life international here in the UK and we organized a number of conferences each year we'd have you know some great speakers from the states and from various other places and uh, we'd hold up in a, in a hotel somewhere and and, and um, the speakers would come on I'd record them record them an audio and uh, and we'd sell these audio tapes and eventually we started recording on video and put these video tapes out um, but you know, it was it was really was a, an uphill battle. I don't know where we got the energy and determination focus from, apart from the horror that we'd seen, and maybe or probably the love that we had for unborn children. Um, that we, you know, 
we went in and actually um, had to take it in every way. And we, we expected to be assisted by so many Catholics, but we were shocked. We were shocked by the complacency that so many Catholics had. It was really an eye-opener. And we were shocked also by the, 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 the ignorance, but also the denial of logical arguments. This is a child. No, it's not. It's a blob of cells. No, it's a child. It's a baby. I said, no, it's not. And I had all these asinine arguments. I'm sure you've all heard these arguments. But for us, for certainly for me, it was a real learning experience and, and, and a very difficult one at that. Nevertheless, we, we, we consoled each other because, you know, although we did get, we got help from various quarters, occasionally we would get some, some assistance from, from a few priests and, um, and, and obviously from some of the holy orders, like some of the nuns and what have you. But it was still very, very difficult. Now, things were going down. Things were getting very difficult. Very, um, what can I say, not difficult, but impossible. Well, things were getting worse. Anyway, somewhere along this line, I figured that there has to be, and this is going back some, it's going forward some years from, from those moments because it was like being in a, a firefight. We were just trying to inform people. But there are those moments, but there were some moments where I sat back with Greg and sat back with other people like Wolfgang Hearing and 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 I realized that how could a Christian continent like Europe with such love, with such passion for the faith, with such history, such great architecture and music and so on. How could we embrace this culture of death? What happened? Something happened. Any okay. Um, <coughs> pardon me. So um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about what it was, what the doorway was for this. But um, right now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to Greg. Greg, are you there? Uh, Greg. Greg? Okay, he's not there. Well, well okay, I've got some technical problems uh, in, in, in the back. No worries, no worries. Um, yeah, so what I was saying was that, you know, I found the doorway. I found the route as to how this evil was able to get into Europe in such a profound way. And then I noticed that that doorway is being used right from... The fourth, it's from the fifteenth, from the fifteenth century, right up to this very day. That same door. Now, some of you may know what it is, and some of you may know who was the one that first opened the door. But you know something, that door needs to be shut. It needs to be shut and nailed down. Now, how exactly that happens, the Lord alone knows. But one of the things we do know is that. Our Lady is leading the charge. And one of the things we have to recognize is that we need to fall in behind her. And how do we fall in behind her, especially on a day like today? How are we going to do that? What is it that Our Lady wants? What makes her happy? Think about it. What makes Our Lady happy? Her children are in disarray. Her children have been misled, been slaughtered, been, you know, what would make her happy? 
I mean, she's she's come many times from Fatima, not from Fatima, but um, from La Salette, and, and many apparitions actually can go right back to the to the Aztec Empire when she first made her appearance, right up to Akita and, 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 and many apparitions, you could even say Medjugorje. But the point is, she's coming because there is an urgency. And that urgency is what? She asks for something very, very simple. To put it into context, God the Father said in the, in, in the, in the commandments, in the Decalogue, thou, um, thou shalt not kill, obviously. And, and that, that whole Decalogue, he told us what we must not do. Emphatically. Emphatically. No hesitation. When our Lord came, he told us what we should do, and that was to love one another as I've loved you. He told us the, the commandments to love God the Father and love your neighbor. This is what he told us. This is what we have to do. What does Our Lady tell us? She doesn't tell us to do anything. She invites us, and this is the point. She invites us to pray the rosary. Pray it every single day. If you call yourself Catholic, you need to be praying the rosary every single day. Without fail, without excuse. Why? Because our mother asked us. I mean, how simple is that? If your mother asks you to take out the rubbish, or she tells you to wipe your face, it's got snot all over it, she tells you to, you know, go upstairs and get something, you do it. It's not, it really isn't that difficult. Your mother's not going to tell you to do something that is impossible, something that you are incapable of. She loves you. She loves us. So if she asks us, to pray the rosary, what else do we need to do? Seriously, what else do we, what is it that, that you might think or anybody would think is more important than that? Okay, maybe breathing, you know, because obviously when you're praying the rosary, you're breathing. So, yes, but aside from that, many other things can be sacrificed. Even the meal can be sacrificed to pray the rosary. But I fear, especially with this nonsense coronavirus, many of us are watching Netflix and doing all kind of stupidity. Put down that remote control, switch off that, put your foot through the screen and get down on your knees and pray the rosary. Come on, how difficult is that? Just once a day. Do it more if you wish, why not? But she asked, pray the rosary. And there's a reason she asked that, because it's a powerful weapon. It's, a, it's like... It's like David, King David, before he was king, obviously, he took these stones, these five stones to battle Goliath, Goliath, I call him, this huge monster. And there are huge monsters right throughout um, uh, uh, salvation history. There have been some huge monsters, and we have them here today. And Our Lady says the remedy is what? Rosary. We need to get this rosary in our hands as the weapon of choice to use to defend ourselves, to defend our family, to defend our nation, and to defend the unborn. That's what it's about. Now, I'm, I'm just looking to see if anybody is saying, well, I'll take out the rosary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Box says, take out the rubbish. Well, you know what? The, the rosary takes out the rubbish, and we know who the rubbish is, don't we? Satan is petrified. Thank you, Aaron. Satan is petrified of this, of this, um, this weapon. Why? 
because it speaks of love. It speaks of humility. It speaks of truth. And those things he cannot bear. He is powerless against Our Lady. But Our Lady leaves us free. You know, she really leaves us free to do what she's invited us to do. Because we need to do it out of love. When you're a little kid, maybe a parents, ah, come on, get downstairs, we're saying, Rosie, stop that chewing that gum, come on, sort yourself out, get on your knees. And you do it because your mum and dad, you know, tell you to do it. And you do it out of obedience, maybe. You might do it out of love because you really love your mum and you know that she's asking you to do something because it's good. Mother never asks us to do bad things. So you would do it. But there's a time in your life where you have to take responsibility. You have to take charge of what you do, what you prioritize, what you find valuable and, and cannot be dismissed. Well, the rosary is that. It's, it cannot be. You should always carry a rosary. I carry a ring rosary on my finger. And, um, and frequently... I'll spin it with my thumb, you know, and uh, it reminds me. It reminds me, and, you know, I may say a, a Hail Mary just, you know, spontaneously. But it's a reminder we should all have. We should all have a rosary about us. Greg, are you there? No? Looks like we're having some real technical problems. Okay. Okay. Okay, so now, now what I need to speak to, so everybody, I think everybody now, everybody now has to, you know, everybody now has to give, make me this promise, not me really, make our lady this promise, make it this promise that you will do what she has invited you to, and you will see some changes in your life. You ain't gonna win the pools. You ain't gonna win the, the lottery or anything like that. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know. But it's not about that. It's about your spirit. It's about your, your um, your, your life in Jesus. About why you. I'm hoping you can hear me. I'm sorry, my sound. Okay, Greg, I can hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. Let me introduce to you my brother. He'll give you an outline of some of the things that he's been, he's doing. He's my older brother, Greg. And uh, closest in age, and in many ways closest in everything, because we've been we've been in this battle. And we we've had a great we had a great time growing up. Um, and he and what can I say? He's an engineer. Started off as kind of an engineer. Now let me let him tell you about him and his fantastic family and uh, and and where he came from. Greg, say hello to the folks. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry about the confusion. Um, you know, the devil has a way of getting into these things. Um, and true. Skype worked all day. Yes. And uh, suddenly it stopped working. <laughs> and it's the computer said, I need to reinstall. And you oh, know, when you reinstall. <laughs> and there's no way I could get around it. Oh, so uh, it had to have reinstalled. And there you go. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's life. Okay. Well, well, anyway, you're here now. I already cleared. Cleared that devil's tail out of the way. Hopefully, she sliced and diced it and sent it back down to hell. With, so he <laughs> okay, 
we're going to go for a break, and then when we get back, we'll speak to Greg, we'll do an outline, and um, we'll really get into the subject, which is evolution. Fact or fiction? Sorry? Act oh. or fiction? <laughs> yes, an act of fiction. Yes, right. It's a religion, man. It's a religion. And one of the worst. <laughs> it's, been, it's been responsible for many great evils that we're, we're um, plagued by. So let's go to a break. This is uh, Joey Clovis sitting in for um, Rick Barrett. Um, you're listening to the Rick Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusader Channel. I am Joe Clovis, as I said, sitting in the big chair for Richard, who is on family leave. Um, you're listening to the Crusader Channel, always on air, always online, at crusaderchannel.com. The last live radio station standing and kicking. Okay. So, Greg, are you there? I'm there. Can you hear me, oh, Joe? Loud and clear, loud and clear. Greg, would you just give us uh, an outline, really, what you've been doing, say, the last, I don't know, 50 years, almost? Well, that may take a little uh, too long, but <laughs> I, can tell you, I can tell you what um, I'm particularly interested in. And, and the whole idea of evolution. Evolution has been key... I think in taking Christians away, uh, young Christians away from the faith and making them secular. And so in the UK and uh, most of Western or Western societies, certainly Western Europe, um, a significant, probably somewhere in the region of 80% plus uh, of, of, of young people, well, actually not young people, I think people in general believe that. Um, in essence, really, over uh, uh, millions of years, somehow some atoms came together, um, started to create uh, uh, um, molecules, and these molecules developed uh, into very more complex molecules. They had the ability to replicate themselves, and as they replicated uh, themselves, they became more complex, uh, eventually building into a very early life and then, in time, became us and uh, <laughs> everything you see, every all living things. Now, the key thing about... I mean, that's, that's such a... I mean, if you were to tell this story to kids in school, this is what happened. As you've told it, they would say, no, it didn't. <laughs> that's, that's just silly. 
Well, well, well you, you'll be surprised because I think um, our young people are relatively gullible. Um, no. You know, the teachers, uh, they believe everything the teachers tells, tells them. And, and in fact, they believe more than um, the teachers tell them. If their parents were to contradict them, they'll simply say, well, you know, it's a long time since you were back at school and uh, things have moved on. No, what I meant was, Greg, I meant was young children say five, five to about eight. If you told them that story, oh, we just we just hear by accident and there's no purpose to life. Um, they would say they'd probably start crying. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you have a, you have a valid point. I think you're, you're right in that in that regard. Um, so really. It, the, the Darwinian hypothesis, which is only about 150 years old at, at, at best, um, just holds that all life came into existence through an unguided uh, process of mutation and natural selection, and all living things develop from very simple molecules to more complex molecules. And why? And why did that happen, though? Well, I mean, uh, why did that evolutionary process happen? Not why did they teach it? Why did that process happen? Well, that's a philosophical question, which um, the scientists, I suppose, are, are not so interested in. They just said it happened, that we're here, so it happened, and that's all we need to know. You don't need to know why. Um, and, and in fact, those questions often aren't asked. But the reality is, by stating this as a fact, uh, sorry, I didn't quite get that question. No, I didn't. I think that was Mike. Don't worry. Continue. Okay. Okay. So... So, um, the problem with that that hypothesis is that it goes against virtually all natural laws. Um, certainly, the law, the, uh, the the second law of thermodynamics, which is basically the law of entropy, which it says really things move from a complex or organized situation to a, uh, a disorganized. We know, for instance, if you look at um, uh, living things, living things are born, they're complex, they're rarely ordered, they live a period of time and then they die. In, and, and death actually is when uh, the, the actual systems break down uh, and eventually they return to dusk. This, this, the, is, this the, is so true, Greg, because in, in all aspects of, um, of life, I mean, you're talking in this very deep and profound um, molecular um, a, a situation, but I, I know you have teenage boys. You had quite, you had quite a few teenage boys, and when you made, you 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 sorted out their room and you, you know, put the bed and then the cupboards and everything and their clothes, it tended to disorder, didn't it? <laughs> well, it certainly did in my house. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We know that on you know we we observe this, and the thing about science, science primarily, if you like. Um, uh, the experience of science is primarily observational and experimental. And we know that things tend to become disorganized if left alone, left to their own devices. We know if you don't tend your garden, it becomes more and more disorganized. Um, if we know if you don't, your car, for instance, if you leave your car unattended, inevitably it starts to rust and it breaks down. If you leave it long enough, in fact, it just becomes a uh, a rust heap, a heap, literally a, yeah. a heap of rust, right? Yeah. So we so we see that. So in essence, the Darwinian um, hypothesis, and I call the hypothesis not a theory, because and, that's and the difference. Well, the difference. Well, a theory is something which is highly likely to happen. Um, we can see it through experiments. It doesn't mean that it did happen that way. For instance, let me give you an example. If I were to um, 
uh, have some cards and randomly pick them um, and really organize them, let's say, so that they were in a, in a tower, if you can imagine. Let's say I ain't that bad. Right. Now, and if I came along and said to you, I just threw these cards and they organized themselves like that. <laughs> now, you would probably not believe me, um, but there is a s very small chance that that could have happened, right? Uh -huh. um, so the theory is, okay, it, it's, it's, there's a possibility that this could have happened, right? It's unlikely, but this could have happened, this theory. Whereas a hypothesis um, is, is something which is unproved, it's untested. You haven't done an experiment or you haven't um, um, been able to demonstrate this can happen. So a theory is, is closer to a, a possibility that something did happen. Hypothesis is just an idea. You know, I may have a hypothesis that, um, let's say that uh, all cars are red. And until I test that, I go out and look at cars, oh, there are blue ones. My hypothesis is, is wrong. So, so that's basically the difference between hypothesis and um, the thing about the Darwinian hypothesis is that it's wrong on so many levels. And I don't know whether we'll have the time in this program to actually go into um, the majority of levels, but certainly um, one of the most profound laws is the uh, second law of thermodynamics or the law of entropy, which says, in essence, really, um, within systems, uh, and closed systems specifically, but to be honest, all systems are closed, the whole universe is closed technically, um, things inevitably um, uh, increase in disorder. That's, that's primarily um, what, the, what the law says. Um, whereas the Darwinian model says, um, no, in fact, things become far more complex as time goes on. So you start with um, maybe a few atoms, and these atoms are able to organize themselves. Um, and as, as they organize themselves, they become more and more complex, and so on. Well, we've never, ever observed this. It's simply, it goes certainly against, against that law. Yeah. So, in essence, really, the, the second law just simply says this. In an isolated system, the direction of spontaneous change is always from order to disorder. So why did that, so why did that, why is that contradiction overlooked? Well, I think um, a lot of people, um, first of all, don't, um, don't know science, really. But let's say this, if you take the scientists, they would say, well, uh, and usually the argument is this, well, the reason life's on here, because you've got an outside source of energy, the sun, and therefore, because the sun, as energy is, uh, you know, hitting the earth, and and uh, the various components, um, you can you can reverse entropy. You can actually bring order to a system. Well, well they must have. They, they must. They have to I show mean, that, a process that sure. could. Good. But that's 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 usually the argument. If you if you quote to a scientist, say to, if you say to them, or or somebody who has some understanding of science, well, surely um, the uh, Darwinian um, hypothesis actually breaks the second law. They would simply say, oh, yeah, but don't forget we've got energy coming into our system." If, if when I quote uh, it, the the law, it said that in a close in a closed system you always move from order to disorder. Well, they said, well. Externally, well, the reality is that in um, 
any complex system, um, energy is, is insufficient to make it complex. So, for instance, if I were to get a cell and I were to just, just, just puncture it so all the organelles and all the innards would come out, and I were to put that, you know, but I put it in a, in a petri dish or something of that kind, and I were to put it into a microwave oven, for instance, and turned it on, well, I've got lots of energy there, but that energy is not going to reorganize that cell and put it back together. Um, do you see that? Yeah. Um, it what 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 actually makes the thing or inevitably organized is intelligence, the power to do it, the will to want to do it. You have to have a plan. So, for instance, if I'm going to build a house, I'm not going to simply say, "Oh, we'll get some energy, we'll get some uh, dirt for the bricks and 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 slate for the roof and and timbers and rest of it, put it together, and just expose it to energy." You don't get your house like that. You actually need intelligence. You need a plan. You need the will and power to be able to do it. Obviously, you need the energy, and you can you can you can actually build build your house. In fact, so, uh, can I just stop you there, Greg? Because I remember. I mean, you, you've you've put it quite elegantly, I think. But I remember going back some years when they were talking about um, IVF and doing. Sorry, not IVF. Um, putting DNA um, into basically putting. Uh, embryonic, sorry, embryonic, not even the stem cells, but embryonic um, uh, uh, cells into people to help cure Alzheimer's. I don't know if you remember back then. And what they did was they took these embryonic cells from this obviously aborted baby and they put it in the in the brain of this guy um, who was, uh, you know, and, um, and they expected it by association because these cells were pluripotent which means very plastic they it would accept the um i suppose the 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 material around it you know and become brain cells yeah and do you remember what's happened yes i I, in fact it uh, made the uh, if i remember correctly it was detrimental to the um to the person patients yeah Uh, uh, i remember it because uh, very well because it were the, the the cells the embryonic cells became hair follicles and grew in this man's brain and it sends him mad it brings a whole new i'm not this may sound really crass but it brings a whole new meaning to be hairbrained you know they did this to this guy they thought oh, i'll just put these embryonics because they can do and that's exactly what you're talking about here they think oh, i'll just chuck a bit of energy that's what they, the, the theory is or their not their theory their hypothesis just chuck a bit of energy energy and some material and voila you've got the planets and you've got you know a solar system and you've got you know all the complexities of of a, of a cell and, and and so on and so forth it's it's more than i mean fairy tales aren't more incredible than this <laughs> you know it's it's laughable but well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, if, um, I mean, I actually speak to uh, young people, I, I prefer to speak to young people quite often uh, about this. And when you actually put the case to show the serious problems, scientific problems with evolution, there's an immediate recognition, well, well, evolution isn't true. Does that mean that we were created by God, and and the reason they make that that connection is this: is that they understand that you need intelligence to create 
great things, complex things, you know, cars, you know, if, or computers or whatever. They understand that. Um, and I think particularly this generation who are computer savvy, they particularly un understand that. Um, they, re they recognize that complex systems um, do not occur by themselves. Now, when we look at living things, it doesn't matter whether you're looking at the most simplest of, of, of cells or the most complex, you know, multicellular say, human beings and such like, you just the cell alone, the complexity in there, it's probably, and not probably, it is the most complex thing in the whole universe. It's so complex that, uh, you know, the, probably um, human beings will really never understand understand it. When so, you say when you say complex, Greg, um, give us some kind of visualization of the complexity of which you're speaking. Okay, I think since uh, you know the the uh, information technology, we now understand hardware and we understand software, and we realize both are super complex. The the hardware, the things you can touch, the, mach the machinery, the various components which need to interact. Think about like, like that. Well, just on the hardware of the cell, it is probably the equivalent of a a, a city, a country actually operating. So the cell has energy generators it has it has um, garbage disposal it has repair mechanisms it has copying facilities to actually replicate itself it has a whole range of organelles organelles are like the organs of the cell in the same way you know we we, we have lungs and, and a heart and such like the cell has thousands tens of thousands of organelles which all have specific tasks to, to do and they these organelles communicate with each other so for instance when a new protein is created that protein has to be got from let's say from a to b to let's say to to do some kind of function so there's a manufacturing process to produce that protein um, and that once the protein uh, been has been produced and you know maybe in, in future we can actually talk a little bit more about that it has to be transported from a to b it has to be inserted it has to be of just the right the quality has to be 100 percent all of that is a manufacturing process occurring in um in in a in a, a cell which is probably 10 10 microns or so uh, large now that's on the physical levels, and and you know we can we could spend the whole program just talking about the physical complexity of this. But then you have software built into this thing, which is super complex and super compressed to a level we can't perceive. Define define the software, because okay, we we everybody knows what software is in in as much as computers and and what have you. But what you're saying is that there's software in us. Absolutely. Well, you probably all heard DNA. DNA really, if you like, is the uh, the hardware uh, part. It's like the disk, if you like. But written in that disk is information. Now, information in its own right. You know, if I ask you what's, what is information, uh, you, you know what it is instinctively, but often you cannot often define precisely what it is. But information yeah. primarily is, uh, it's, uh, mechanism. Well, let me give you a clue. You information allows you to communicate. It allows you to process things, store things. So, so information is is primarily knowledge. That that knowledge is stored 
in, uh, in, in the cells within the DNA. And it's totally abstract. It's not uh, in the same way if you read a book, that's totally abstract. That could only come about with um, an intelligent agent. There's no way any physical uh, natural process can create information because it's intangible. It's, it's, it's an abstract concept. Um, in essence, all information, as far as human beings understand, always are derived from an intelligent agent. And so, so therefore, there has to be something external to the cell that puts that information in the cell. Absolutely. And I often same with the computer. You yeah. have to put an operating system or whatever. You can have the hardware there uh, and turn it on, but if there's no software, no then it's not going to it's just not going to work a bit like mine sometimes. But uh but yes, and, and that's so vital. I think it's something that we very frequently overlook. I'm going to go through a break in, in, in a minute or so time. I want to, I want to, okay, I want to move on from this and we'll talk about um, uh, why you think the subject is so important. I mean, I can see that the detail, and this is a subject that could go on for hours, as you said, but um, I'd like to explore the other things, okay, we've gone through the hypothesis and, and maybe we've touched a little bit on Darwin and, and, the, and the mindset. Um, but why do you personally think that this is so important? Is it just, I shouldn't say just, but it could be the fact that our young people are losing the faith. That that's the, the, the main reason. That's good and big enough as it, and it is on its own, but, um, but for you. Okay, so I think we're going to go to a break. We're going to go to a break now. So just to let you know where you are, because you may have forgotten, not a, not a voice you've heard before on, well, maybe uh, running a show on the, on the uh, Crusader channel. You're listening to the Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusader channel. I'm Joe Clovis sitting in the big chair for Richard, who is on family leave this week. You're listening to the Crusader channel, all, channel always online and always on air, crusaderchannel.com, the last live standing Last live radio standing. Highly decorated combat pilot. You ask him, he thinks he's the best in the world, but he's a functioning lunatic. Last week he tried to escape by jump starting an ambulance. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Clear! Damn it! My kind of guy. It almost uh, hit your tattoo there. The old ranger tab. Would you think I was crazy if I told you I had one of these? Someone's wise, man. Okay, you're listening to the Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusade Channel. I'm Joe Clovis, sitting in the big chair for um, Richard, who is on leave. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, always on air and always online at crusadechannel.com. The last live radio stand, station standing and kicking. Our call line is 844-527-8723.
our live chat room, the only chat room, uh, chats, the only social media out there worth actually socializing on is at Crusader Channel, sorry, crusadechannel.com chats. And with me is my, uh, my dear brother Greg, and we're speaking on evolution. Just to help you to understand where we are, we've spoken on these, some, some really technical things about the, uh, the process of evolution and, and uh, some of the impact it's had on, on, um, on our society. But, you know, Greg, why is this subject so important to you? Okay, well, Joe, it's important um, because to all human beings, the fun, we have a fundamental question, and what is that? Is why do we exist? Uh, what is the purpose of life? And how do I discover that purpose? Now, if you take uh, an evolutionary process that we're here by chance, as a chance, an accident in, in time and space, um, you then start to think then, then, uh, there is no purpose for life. They, we we don't we exist just because uh, uh, you know an, an atom hits another atom and 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 so on. There are many people. There are many people who are quite satisfied with that um, with that answer and knowing that their life has no purpose, which I think is very sad. But um, it's it's something that that they think well. You know, okay, it's happened. I'm here. I'm here to enjoy myself. I enjoy myself, and you know, game over. I'm, you know, pushing up the daisies. What the hell? Why does why does any of this matter? Yeah, true. It's true. And some people are. Um, if you saw the, the Matrix, when you had the choice of the red pill and the blue pill, um, you know, you can either live in what is real, what is true, or you can live in, uh, you know, in 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 error, if you like. The reality is that um, most most of us we're designed we are look to to know what is true, what is real, and pursue and, 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 and absolutely and pursue it. And in fact, if we do that, we become happier, more content. We actually meet our goals in in life as as created beings. And and so, uh, you are absolutely right in that res in that respect. And. If you really don't care about it, you just think you're an accident, then you look at your your human human brother. You, what's wrong with slavery? What is wrong with abortion? What is wrong with all of these evils? There isn't, because we're just animals um, accidentally here and will disappear in time anyway. However, if we if the truth really is that we were created and we have purpose and meaning. We're not here by accident. Each one of us have been, has been put on this earth for a, for a reason. Everything changes because we can then seek to know why are we here, what is our purpose, and we seek to fulfill that. And the reality is that societies which um, have that way of thinking are much better, much happier um, uh, societies. They, 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 they are a great place to live. So I would I would say to you then, Greg, what is your purpose? I mean, you know, all you've said has really pointed to that. You believe that there is something very important that you need to do, 
that everybody needs to do, but yours will be different from mine and from Mike's and from, you know, Rick Barrett and the rest. Everybody's got a different purpose. So what is yours? Well, sure. I mean, certainly um, I'm, I'm a, a husband and father, so I have a profound uh, responsibility to care, nature, educate my children, to teach them what is true and what is error, to help them to be able to live as good citizens, not only on earth, in preparation for heaven. So that's certainly one part of it. And then we have a greater, at least I, I feel I have a greater um, purpose in as much as my neighbor. I have an obligation to help and inform and educate my neighbor and help them help the most vulnerable in our society. So those are all key things I think, uh, you know, I'm certainly here, here for. And, you know, the greatest knowledge we can have is that of our creator. And so that's why evolution is actually a very, very important uh, uh to me, in, in, in terms of, that's why I study it, uh, and that's why I give talks and write about the, the, this whole topic. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's such, I mean, it's a wonderful answer, it's, it's, and, it's so true, and mainly because it's so true, you know. Um, one of the things, because we, we, you talked about education and educating your children, um, which is a fundamental part, and rights, that they have a right to education. But the education systems that we have, um, certainly in the UK, and I figure same in America and much of the world, that never, I mean, never comes into it. I, your purpose is to, is to, um, to be, to partake with, the, with the Heavenly Father in bringing forth new life, to nurture it because it's the image and likeness of God, and because it's precious, and because it's, it is, self-fulfilling because to be in. You could say in communication or in communion with God and such a profound thing as this new child or this teenager or this, you know, whatever, is, 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 a, is something far greater than be, being prime minister or being someone that invents some new technology or, or, or something. You know, it's, it's, it's some, because you only have to look on um, when you go to the graveyard, because many of us, if not all of us, will end up there. You'll have on the gravestone. You don't say, "Oh, great uh, astrophysicist." You don't have, you know, this guy was uh, was was president for I don't know, 10, 12 years, or he was a dictator. No, but the thing, what are the important things? And I think that's very telling, because this is what we want to be remembered by. This is how others see us or would like to see us, because you know, when you go to funerals, frequently people are canonized, <laughs> but that's. I, I don't know. If, I would. I can't say that's a bad thing. It may not be a great thing. But the point is, there are those there that love, that love the person that has died, and want to remember the the good things, the wonderful things uh, about them, and wouldn't want to put those front and center, even if they may be able to persuade um, um, St. Peter that, you know, this guy was really good, you know, he did this or she was wonderful. At the, you know, we would like to put that forward as, a, as part of the resume. But um, the reality is, you know, we, when we die, that is what we will be remembered by. I mean, I've seen some tombstones, it just says, you know, Joe Bloggs died on blah, blah, blah. That's it, you know, which is a bit sad, but, you know, um, but but other nonsense which many of us aspire to or chase after could be very could be wealth it could be whatever none of those things are recorded in in those on those tombstones. So right, uh, that's right. And so for me, you know, God has given us a gift of, of ten children. That gift I have to give him back at some at some point 
in the future. And certainly one of the things we're called, you, you, yourself as well, because you equally have a very large family, uh, we're called to, to give them back, to bring them back to, to our Lord. And for me, it's certainly, uh, you know, I know one day I have to be accountable. I have to say, <laughs> you know, where my failings were in terms of not helping each one of our children, and they're all unique, unrepeatable, um, to do that. But the reality is that when we have a secular way of looking at things, and as then secular secularism really very much comes from an evolutionary mindset, um, inevitably you just think, well, I have these children, I've uh, brought them up for 15, 16, 18 years, now they can go on and do whatever they want and believe whatever they want. Well, we would want them to believe the truth, uh, and and the truth really does set them free. So, we we really and and to be honest, that if they believe in evolution, probability is that they won't believe in God, and if they don't believe in God, they won't act God-like, um, and 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 that's really the reality. And that's why I, for me, this is a, a very very important. The great sadness for me is this: is that so many of our bishops and priests believe evolution, you know, because that's what they've been formed in, certainly in their primary and secondary schools. And even when they go to the seminary, um, they believe in that they're taught Tyre de Chardin's um, teachings and, um, you know, the whole evolution. So they incorporate it within the Catholic faith. And they call and, it theistic evolution, I, 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 I presume. It, it, well, indeed. And if you think about it, for 1900 years, the church profoundly taught Genesis 1 to 11, that's, you know, um, God created the whole universe, the earth, uh, such like, you know, in, in six days. Um, he, he actually, uh, the church actually taught that as this actually happened. It's really only been in the last, what, 60, 70, 80 years or so that uh, in our seminaries, this is, this is all changed. You know, our son, our sons who, 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 who our son who's a priest and, and the other who's in seminary, you know, they actually go in to actually correct this, this, this thinking. And, and, and we need more priests to actually change this thinking. Because if they can articulate, not only from a scientific perspective, but also from a philosophical perspective, that actually... God created all things in six days, and 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 they show the science which, which profoundly um, uh, demonstrates this. They keep young people for life. They really do. Actually, one of the things I'd like to to, to explore on that is because I've had many discussions with, uh, with with people about this six days, and for for many people, it's inconceivable. Um, even when you tell them, you know, and it, I'm talking about Christians as well, not just, you know, just uh, atheists, atheists. But um, when in, it, it says quite clearly in, in, um, in Genesis that in the beginning, um, God created, yeah, he, he, said, he yeah. said, let there be light. Yeah. Okay. He didn't say, I'm going to create a sun or let there be a sun. So that light was not light from the sun. It had to be some other light. Okay, so there is for us on earth another light out there that God created in the beginning. Okay, now, and why I bring that point up is because when I've had these discussions and people say, well, you know, when, when, uh, when he created the, the sun, it's almost as though 
that was when light came into the world and that was when the planets came into the, came into being i should say not into the world uh -huh. came into being then that's there's only then you can actually measure the days in a 24 hour segment so before that even if you could measure it in in in, in, in that i'm not saying that that's how it was what i'm saying is all the time beforehand could be billions of years and maybe those as Mike would say, Mike, my church would say, those billions and billions and billions of years. Maybe those were the billions and billions and billions of years. But, you know, it, it really doesn't matter because it just doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, well, why well, does it, why are they interested in that? Well, two things, just two things. First of all, he said, let there be light. You're right. The sun doesn't turn up until, the, uh, I think, the fourth day. Um, but the reality is that if I said to you, okay, um, I'm, I'm making something, and I say, okay, let there be electricity, okay? I haven't yep. said that let there be, you, your, your assumption will, oh, uh, he's made a battery or a generator. No, <laughs> electricity is something in itself. Oh. It's a unique entity in itself. Now, the battery or the generator will drive the electricity. So he says, let there be light. He's actually created light. You don't need, the sun is the generator, which which gets the lights moving, but light exists as 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 an entity in its own right. Light is really just is really just electromagnetic waves. That's all it is. Um, the the sun simply just is the generator, uh, you know, to push it push the light along. So now the second thing I wanted to make a, a point on you said about the billions of years. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Greg. Just before we just before we do that, I think sure. it'll be good. Um, for us to have a break, um, and maybe we can take a talk afterwards about the the basic realities of life. Sure. Okay. Just uh, just all of you out there, just to let you know, because you may not have recognised my voice, you're listening to the Bad Brief Show here, and and um, on the Crusader, on the sorry, on the Crusade Channel, always on air and always online at crusade at crusadechannel.com, the last live radio station standing. Our phone number is 844-527-8723. Our chat room, the only social media out there worth actually socializing in, is online at crusadechannel.com. Chat. Okay, Greg, so... If you can, if you can just um, just to, to wrap up, but just just yeah. the one point you're making. Now, you mentioned you went to a distant planet and you found a car there, and uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, we meet and I say, look, over billions and billions and billions of years, this car uh, somehow develops, and, and that's why this car is there. Well, first of all, the billions of years confuses the mind, and you say, well, that's maybe possible. Anything can happen in billions and billions and billions of years, and I said, but you know what? I think somebody made this car. It took them about six months to do, but they built this car. You said, well, how could how, how could anyone build a car in in in, in yeah. six months? Of course, it's, it's it's physically possible if you have intelligence, you have the will and the power, you can do this. But chance, maybe over billions of years, it could have come up with this car. It's the same when we think about life and the whole evolution. The evolutionists like to think they put billions of years in because we can't perceive such times. But an, an intelligent agent could actually build life <laughs> in six days. It's, it's possible because you, it knows how to build life. In the same way, you could write a book in 
six days or six weeks or six months. Um, but could a book be written by chance in billions of years? Unlikely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, when you put it like that, it's, it's so painfully obvious. And uh, it makes you wonder why we even have to have this discussion, you know, in, in this supposedly advanced age where we have so much information, so much um, history to, to, to reflect on, so much philosophy and, and, and some great writers, not just in the church, but predominantly in the church. Yet we, we're having this asinine argument of people that just thinks that things that, that think that things just pop up over billions of years and just like magic. It is like, I mean, I suppose if you believe in magic, then maybe this, uh, this whole evolutionary idea might work, but um, you're going to need somebody a bit more um, savvy than David Blaine to actually make, uh, make any of this stick. However, it has stuck. Question is, why has it stuck? And why is it stuck in Europe so profoundly? I mean, that's, that's something that, um, you know, I'd like to explore maybe a little later. I did elucidate to that at the beginning, um, you know, why the, uh, the, the, this, this whole culture, which I think is directly related to evolution, but why this culture of death has manifested itself so profoundly in Europe. And, and I would like to say in one country in particular, that has opened the door to this evil. And I, I'm not going to be any bones about it. It is evil. The whole idea that you, you remove God, the creator, the majesty of all of, of everything, you remove him from, I was going to say the, the equation, but you remove him as a person from our existence is stupefying, to put it mildly. I would say really it's downright satanic. And, you know, Greg, we've got, um, we've got a, a little while longer. Um, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to take a break now. To, um, so I shall give you the station ID again. You're listening to the Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusade Channel. I'm sitting in the big chair for Richard, who is on leave for a week. You're listening to the Crusade Channel always on air and always online at crusadechannel.com the last live radio station standing our phone number is 844-527-8723 our live chat room the only social media out there worth actually socializing in is online at crusadechannel.com chat now as we've had in the past to do whatever needs to be done to preserve this last and greatest bastion of freedom in this present crisis government is not the solution to our problem government is the problem but I'd like to ask 
each of you what it is you value so highly that you are willing to fight. Our forefathers have earned and bought liberty for us at the expense of their ease, their estates, their pleasures, and their blood. If, however, we force the enemy to attack, I believe every one of you will prove himself worth ten in return. We will not only show the world what patriots are made of, but we will also deal a crippling blow to the army of Santa Ana. listening to the Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusade Channel. I'm Joe Clovis, sitting in the big chair for Richard, who is on leave with his family. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, always on air, always online, at crusadechannel.com, the last live radio station standing. Tell, call us on 844-527-8723. Our live chat room, the only social media out there worth actually socializing in, is online at crusadechannel.com chat. And I've got um, Greg here with me, who happens to be my brother. Very fortunate to have him as a brother, I'm telling you. And uh, we're speaking about evolution. And we got to a very interesting um, juxta point where, Greg, the, the last point you made was was essentially... What? Well, because I, yeah. sorry, go on. No, I was going to say the last point really was, um, you know, if we if we believe the truth, if we believe, you know, that uh, we are created uniquely, uh, unrepeatable, unrepeatable persons, um, which is the truth, in essence, really, our life has purpose and meaning, and it's something which we go out and seek and, and develop. However, if we think we're simply an accident, a chance accident um, in, in, in billions of years, uh, we have no purpose, then we live like animals. We live, actually, we live lower lower than animals. And that's what you have seen in, in throughout history, in, in, during the communist eras, for instance, uh, in, in, in many of the worst kind of societies. God is in heart and center of, of, of such societies, and certainly truth isn't. Yes, this is very true. Um, and life, because life has no purpose, it doesn't really matter what you do or what you don't do. Absolutely. I, 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 have, I have kind of stu- stilted or stunted conversations of people who want to talk to me about the planet and the environment, and, uh, and they're inevitably uh, you know, atheists and evolutionists and the rest of it, and you say to them, Okay, so let's say we do all what you say and we save the planet. That's part of evolution, isn't it? And I say, yeah. I said, so if we do nothing, and in fact, if we set off some atom bombs and if we kind of really pollute the place up, we destroy everybody, all the creatures, all the animals, that's part of evolution. No, it's not. Well, hang on. (laughs) Are we outside evolution or are we inside evolution? Because whatever we do, is due to evolution. And whatever we don't do is due to evolution. And frequently no. they, they walk away and call me stupid or whatever because they don't have an answer. 
No, that's right. That's quite true, Jack. That's absolutely true. Um, in fact, if you look at many of the organizations like, for instance, um, I'd say Black Lives Matter or in... in uh, yeah, we don't, we, don't say, we, we don't say Black Lives Matter here. We say... Oh, what does Mike say? Because I was going to say Black Lives Matter group, you know, like that <laughs> yeah, ISIS yeah, yeah. group, because they it's just a phrase that has no meaning, no real sure. meaning to the words. Uh -huh. So I think Mike says something like, um, the last lesbian, yeah. <laughs> um, some, some lesbian lives matter organizations, because that's what it is. Mm. Some lesbian, oh, some black lesbian lives matter. And every time I refer to them, I'm going to use that, because that is the reality. That's the truth. And I think People like that really need to understand that what the truth is. But anyway, you're saying about the, these, but no, uh, but, uh, these organizations. If you, look, if you look, if you look at Extinction Rebellion, all these these kind of groups, they basically atheistic groups. They uh, they want to save the planet, but they don't want to save human beings. They have no really regard for human beings. They're primarily population control organizations. They're so far from the truth. It's it's not, you know, it's really not funny. Um, it's like a man. It's like a man up a tree, and he's got a saw. He's got to cut the branch off, except he's not sitting. He's sitting on the wrong side of the branch, and he's cutting it off, and he's going to fall and kill himself. That's what this instinct, uh, extinction rebellion are all about, and they don't see it. Right, right. Um, I don't know what's uh, whether you want to look at some of the some oh, of the well, science yeah, or absolutely. The, the the basic realities of life, I think, is is something that you've 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 spoken about and written about, um, and uh, it would be good to explore that because life it, life is such an incredible thing. Uh, it seems almost blasphemous to call it a thing, but it is. It is something that is beyond certainly beyond our ability oh. to create. We know that. Sure, uh, certainly beyond our understanding. Um, I was talking a little bit about the concept of information and in, information in essence, you know, it's a new knowledge really, I suppose only in the last 50 or 60 years, we've really actually understood it. But information is, is as I said, is an abstract and it only can, as far as we've seen, our whole human experience is that it only, always comes from an intelligent agent. When we come to life, what we find is that life has information built in it, written in it. When in Scripture, in John's Gospel, when he says in the beginning was the word, sorry, in the beginning was the word, it was with God, and then goes on, goes on to say, um, um, yeah, sorry, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. God actually has written out each one of us, because the information which is built within each cell is actually been written out, and then is copied from father to son, mother to daughter and you know copies and combined cop absolutely copied um and that information could have only have come from an intelligent being and a super intelligent being because as i said it's so incredibly complex and the evolutions are at their wits end trying to explain how information can come into existence by a natural process and this is one of the big problems now in whole evolutionary theory, uh, trying to address that one point. Um, but it's obvious in front of them, you know, you need intelligence, you need, you need a, a person is that to why, do that. Is, is that why there's, there's no discussion or debates on evolution in mainstream media? 
because Absolutely. these questions are impossible to answer in any logical uh, and uh, intelligent way or scientific in any scientific way certainly is the case and it's it's the one glaring hole in uh, it's something which Richard Dawkins for instance never never addresses but more to the point is we we now can see that um, John Sanford has uh, uh, defined this term called genetic entropy and what we're actually seeing is that from one generation in all life on earth from one generation to the next you have mutations occur and these mutations are inevitably detrimental so you have a degeneration of all life all life eventually will go extinct on earth because the second law of, of thermodynamics the the idea is that things become less and less organized now i suspect that that was uh, uh, when adam and eve uh, committed the original sin that is what they actually put into uh, or the the earth really or into life Creation. is that that's right they created a disorder which in essence really means that from one generation to the next becomes less and less ordered. If you think about it, Adam and Eve lived a thousand years, and you had Noah lived 900 odd years. And and slowly we have this, you know, we probably lived, what, 70, 80 years if we're lucky. Um, and not necessarily a very healthy lives necessarily. But oh, we, Greg, we Greg, see, you know, you, you know our, our dad is, is 90, what, 96 years no, old now? Indeed, yeah, so. well, but he's unique, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, um, the reality is there's this degeneration, one generation. Again, it fits perfectly in with natural laws. You know, the reality is that things aren't getting more and more complex, better, but they're actually becoming worse and worse. We, 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 we see that. Um, but the evolutionists believe it's the opposite way around. Although it's plain... That in effect, that it's it's the reverse. We you know we can measure it, we can see it. We know that we suffer far more diseases. For instance, we we are less far less capable than our peers who lived two thousand, three thousand, four thousand years ago. Um, well, you know, you, you know what is what is I, I find so sickening. Obviously, I'm I'm coming from a pro-life perspective, and, and as you would. But one of the things that really annoys me is that we, you know we're told constantly by scientists and doctors and politicians, you know, without NHS and National Health Service and with all the technology we have, we are living longer. We're living longer. But we know that the the, the main thing that enables us to actually have healthy life is eating the right food, clean water good sewage systems most of the developing world and most of the, the health improvements would be just by providing good sewage systems clean drinking water and the independence to be able to grow their own food you know without, without you're, you're right in, in that respect totally right in fact it depends it depends how you measure we're living longer because they they do on average you know how long live if you think about it uh, at the beginning of the 1900s anyway um two in five uh, children would die before they reach the age of five or six or seven years old now we've eradicated that so consequently if on average we are living longer because fewer people fewer children are dying okay right ah but we're not including those who are aborted if you include those that are aborted <laughs> then actually we're living a very very short probably shorter than those um who, yeah, who, who the, the average is, yes. absolutely right. because and many the, don't even get to be born yeah, 
That's right. I never even considered those uh, in, in this in that equation about the average life. Uh, a life expectancy, but it should be. In fact, when we have discussions, we should put that in there as well because it's from conception. Yeah. I mean, life is life, you know. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. So, um, so the realities, the realities of life, is is simply that uh, well, God has given us this. We are. We, he's also given us. Fortunately, well, he's given some of us anyway intelligence. Well, actually, he's given us all intelligence, but some of us choose not to use it, or at least to abuse it. And um, and and this is partly why we're in the mess. I just want to, because uh, I want to speak to, going to be speaking to Chris, as you know. Yes. And maybe we can speak a, a, another time. But there's one thing I did promise the uh, the listeners that I would I would uh, tell them about this doorway, and uh, I'd like you to hear it because it's something that's only come to me um, in a more profound way since uh, this uh, coronavirus has become so prevalent in our in the news cycle. Um, we, we know there have been many societies and kingdoms that have embraced the culture of death. And this is essentially what I, I, I need to talk about. Um, for example, we know in, in Noah's time, in Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, Jericho, the Aztecs, the Nazis and communism, they were all part of this. Um, they were all, they were all, they, their mindset in this culture is all foreign to Christianity and even Judaism. Yet today, the culture of death is cradled and cherished in this once very Christian constant culture. This has troubled me for many years, and then I, could, I came to realize that the doorway, which I've mentioned and maybe teased some people, the doorway for this evil um, <coughs> entered up into right, has been opened, and it's even open now, right up until, and things are happening right up into this month. Here is the doorway. It's right here in London. And here's an outline. It started with Henry VIII, who was given the title of Defender of the Faith. It's, it was a travesty. His life was a travesty. He threw, he threw two things that the church held most dear, as chastity and poverty. He took those and destroyed them because he wanted to have these wives... And he wanted to have the money or control of the money. So you can see that Satan really got his hooks into him through his, his own weakness. And maybe his vanity. And maybe it wasn't a good idea to give him the defender of the faith. But he did do some good work to earn that title. There's no doubt about that. Okay, But he introduced divorce. And, and that was the, really the first time that divorce came into Christianity. It took a while after the, after the 1500s for contraception to be um, permitted by the Church of England, the church that he founded. Okay? And then came abortion, was made legal. And then sodomy. And then cloning. And IVF. And a couple of other things with trans and what have you. But what is now knocking on the door in our parliaments here in the UK is this vaccine. There, there's been a law proposed in, the, in, in this land, and and these five factors, I'll, 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 maybe I'll put them on the, on the chat at some point in more detail, but the UK government is proposing to temporarily authorise authorize the, the supply of unlicensed products. And you might think they're kind of, you know, Barbie dolls and stuff. No, unlicensed products. What they mean by that is, is explicitly drugs and, and what have you. The civil liability and immunity for these drug companies 
is removed. I know it's been removed in the States, but it's actually they're proposing to remove it. Now, what does that mean? Well, you know what it means. It means that if they produce a vaccine or produce anything, there's nothing going to be a vaccine, and you take it and you're injured or you die, they pay zero. I wish I had Mike's, um, Mike's jingle or, or thing where he says, you know, 0. 0.0. But they don't have to pay anything. The taxpayer, you and I, Greg, we have to pay this and the rest of the people in the UK. Um, the proposed expansion to the workforce eligibility to administer this vaccine. So therefore, there's going to be an army of people going out there, you know, and administering the vaccine. There's going to be a promotion for this vaccine on, on, on you know, advertising everywhere. And make provisions for the wholesale dealing of this vaccine. Now, I listened to a program on, on here this morning, and I've forgotten the name of the, the, of the um, presenter, but he spoke about some of the horrors that these vaccines will have, even to the point um, where, you know, it, this vaccine which comes as a patch and, 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 and is put, put on you, and these little needles actually enter and change into your bloodstream, and, and your DNA is changed, and there's a light system on there that actually transmits the, the inf various information about you personally and intimately I, you, I don't suppose you heard this program and I don't know if you know much about it but it would be able to transmit to a reader they'd have a, a, a mobile phone or something that reads this information and would tell you what your heart rate is and your pulse and your, you know whether you're anxious and all this kind of stuff which is fine you could you know but it'll also tell you or tell whoever's got the device whether you're lying be able to tell you whether your your full bio, bio, biological history, whether you, you you've got all any kind of issues, whether it's cancer or whatever, they'll be able to know that. So, and this thing is going to be obviously it's logged. It's not going to be you know just just there on you, and also the mere fact that you have to have it. This will be the next thing that is what's happening. Anyway, my point is this: it started in this country under this um, on this government system, and. Like, like I said, a doorway. Once Britain accepts this, the rest of the world just fall like a stack of dominoes, or at least a, a, a line of dominoes. And that's what's happened with all of these other things. Like, as I said, divorce, contraception, abortion, sodomy, cloning, IVF, and, and all the like. And it always seems to happen or start in London, in the Houses of Parliament, in this ancient democracy, this ancient system of governance which has been spread throughout much of the world and is held up as some wonderful governance um, system well you know what we're being sold down a river without a paddle you know without even a canoe we have an opportunity to actually stop this by you know writing um, to, to the, to the, uh, to the government and, and, and signing a petition whether that will work I don't know but we are looking at some very dark times ahead and it's going to call on our Christianity. It's going to, you know, we're going to, our Christianity is really going to have to be, what can I say? It's going to be attacked. We are going to be vilified. We're going to be hunted down because those of us that are able, willing and able to say, no, I am not accepting this. Do what you like, but I'm not accepting this. We will, we will be on a sticky wicket, as they say in England. You know, we play cricket over here. You guys don't play cricket in the States. But a sticky wicket is when the bowler, wherever he balls, throws the ball, it always goes to the wicket. You know, we call it a sticky wicket. But anyway, we are, we are um, coming to the, to, the, to the end. I'm sure um, Mike's going to 
uh, allow us to speak to my other brother who's going to speak on. So we're going to a, we're going to a break now, and so you're, so you're listening to the Crusade Channel, always on air, always online at crusadechannel.com, the last live radio station standing and kicking. Our call, our telephone line is eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. Our live chat room is is a, our live chat room. The only social media out there worth actually socializing online is at crusadechannel.com chat Okay, welcome everyone back to the uh, Crusade Channel. You're Sorry, that's... Hang on, hang on, Chris. Um, you're listening to the Crusade Channel, always on air, always online at the crusadechannel.com, the last live radio station standing. Telephone us on 844-527-8723. Our live chat room is the only social media out there worth actually socializing in, is online at crusadechannel.com chat okay I just want to welcome Chris my uh, my second eldest brother and um, how's the family Chris? They're very well thanks Joe. Are you doing, you doing well? Yeah everything is great here apart from the coronavirus of course. <laughs> well <laughs> well right. let me welcome you to the Barrett Brief and uh, I've been talking to Greg on the evolution we we have we have seen a kind of a, of evolution of the culture of death. You, you you may have heard my observation on the doorway from which the culture of death stepped through, namely the English legal system. Yes, you know? I did hear that. An interesting thought. <laughs> oh, good. I'm I'm glad I'm enabling you to think or helping you think about some things in a in a different way. But we're here to talk about um, we're here to talk about the the pending. Pending problems, or is the situation about vaccines and viruses, the two Vs. So, if you could, if you kind of, kind of kick us off, I mean, I know that white blood cells, white blood cells, are there to actually. There are not our first line of defense, but certainly our most intimate line of defense. Our skin being the first line of defense, but the T cells, the leukocytes or um, lymphocytes, I don't know, um, they are there and. Uh, you know, and this is where our immune system actually, you know, resides or is is housed. So, if you could actually give us an insight into um, that aspect of it, um, then we can actually get into the, the what a virus is, what a vaccine is, and where where we're going. Okay, I'll, I'll try and, and make it as a, as simple as I can. Um, the immune system, and certainly the the response to viral or bacterial oh, attack. Sorry, Chris, actually. Uh, oh, man. Okay, 
you're my brother, but what does that mean to our listeners? You know, I've taken you for granted. You should really introduce your background because that's very profound and very important on this subject. So uh, if we can just kind of back up a bit and, uh, and so if you tell us who you are, where you live and what's happening. Okay. Um, well, uh, my name is Chris Clovis. I, um, Doctor. Sorry. Yes, Doctor. Uh, Doctor Chris Clovis. I trained at uh, um, King's College, essentially in London. Um, where I had got my PhD many, many years ago. My background, however, is in natural science. Um, I focused in plant biology, plant pathology, and the like, but I do have a fairly in-depth knowledge of the, the human system. Uh, I live in Canada. I live in, in uh, actually, now, right now in Tweed. I, I worked primarily in Toronto. Um in education, I have uh, five children, um, and they're all doing very well. Um, different parts of the world, but nevertheless, uh, they they have been successful. So, right now, I uh, I am uh, homesteading. Uh, so I try and grow my own food and and uh, have uh, my own animals and the like, because this is part of uh, part of the way I protect my immune system from the ravages of uh, of our current. Uh, societal situation. Can't do that in London. <laughs> no, no. Um, but to get back to the topic of, of uh, our immune system, um, which is our primary defense mechanism against uh, pathogens of one kind or another, not only pathogens, but certainly changes in the environment and the like. But from a pathogenic perspective, uh, we're dealing with bacteria and viruses, fungi, primarily, but protozoa as well. Um, so we have our lymphocytes, um, which are the white blood cells, the leukocytes, and the two that we really have to be concerned with. There's a, there's a whole cascade of, of cells and, and systems in place, but we really have the T cells and the B cells, which are the important components with respect now to this virus that, we, that we're considering. Um, the T cells and the B cells are both produced in the bone marrow, but the, the T cells actually mature in the thymus, whereas the B cells remain in the bone marrow. They're the ones, the memory cells. So when we do get an infection, we get the, the excitement of uh, the cells that are produced as a result of macrophages activity. The T cells produce the antibodies very rapidly, and the B cells, most importantly, are the memory cells, and they um, the they are both short-lived, but the but the these memory cells kind of remain, and that's what gives us long-term immunity. Now this is dependent, of course, on kind of a natural infection, and um, how how do the memory uh, how, how do the memory cell how do the memory cells communicate that well their memory how do they how does that work? well they that's, they basically they hold on to a piece of the protein from whatever has been has caused the infection so if it's a virus and we'll stick to viruses for, for yeah. convenience a virus is basically a non-living entity basically a genetic code wrapped in a protein and the proteins have markers on them these proteins or protein coat and so when the macrophages kind of capture them they spit out a bit of this protein the t-cells kind of recognize that or they mold to that 
they signal to the B cells, and that's what the B cell holds on to, this, this protein. So if this protein appears again in this virus, same virus, it recognizes it. it, and immediately sends the immune system into hyperactivity. So the first thing we get is an increase in temperature, of course, and that makes the body, um, it puts the body in a place where the virus or the bacteria cannot replicate very well, but it does stimulate the immune system to attack. So, so when you get a temperature, that's a good thing as far as, far as your defense systems is concerned. Well, it's crucial. So it's why? Crucial. So what? Yeah. So why, when we get a temperature, why do we try and cool ourselves down? I mean, you know. Oh, well, yeah. We obviously we don't want to hold the body temperature too high for too long. That's there is a problem with that because that causes oh. approaching denaturation. So if you get a temperature of 104, 105 for more than 24 hours or so, well, you start to have problems. So you need to cool down. But the initial, the initial increase in temperature is actually very important um, because that does uh, reduce bacterial and viral replication and increases the immune response. Okay, um, so these bacteria and viruses can't survive high temperatures. Well, they can't replicate as quickly. Oh, okay. They survive them, but they're just uh, they're less active. Yeah, so if they're not reproducing as quickly, the immune system has time to mop them up, essentially, and get rid of them. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so, anyway, uh, we have the, the advent of vaccination, production of vaccines, and initially they, were, they, they appeared to have very positive effects. Um, we have the polio vaccine, which is one of the first ones that were produced, as, we, as you know, and um, it was supposed to be to reduce the amount of polio that was happening within society, which is a great advent. But since then, we've produced all kinds of other vaccines. The basic uh, vaccine production, uh, we have um, attenuated vac uh, vir uh, vaccines produced where we have the virus, so they have the virus, they've isolated it, take polio or measles, they've isolated it, and they have the, they cause it to replicate in uh, eggs, usually it was in eggs, replicates it, and then they they take the protein, uh, or they weaken the virus uh, somehow, they weaken that virus, and or they use a a weakened virus, so it does. It still causes the infection, but it doesn't cause the full-blown disease. Okay, so maybe that's, they expose it to heat or something like that. Or, yeah, or, and and, uh, and right, that gives the uh, they when they inject that attenuated virus, it stimulates the immune system, and we get immunity, and that actually does produce long-term immunity, as we found with measles and mumps and rubella and the like. Um, we can inactivate the virus. So we can kill it with heat um, or with chemicals like uh, formaldehyde. Um, and how, that can, how, would that you kill, can, how would you kill a virus in somebody with formaldehyde? Well, you, uh, um, it break, basically breaks down the protein. It breaks down the DNA, sorry, and it leaves the protein intact. Exposed. We, yeah, we can't actually kill the virus because the virus isn't living. Yeah. It it's only, only replicates within a living cell. Um, so when we have it in vitro, as it were, kind of in a test tube, we can expose it to heat or, or bathe it in, in these chemicals, and it denatures the, the DNA, and so it's inactivated. And then when we, when we inject that into people, the, 
it will induce an immune response, but you have to, it's not as effective. So you have to actually use it to higher concentrations. Um, so rabies is an example of a, vi- of a vaccine that's produced like atom cholera, that kind of thing. I thought, the other way, they, were, I thought they were bacteria, not viruses. Um, rabies? No, rabies is a virus. Oh, okay. Um, but the same process is for both, right? Yeah. Um, the, uh, we can just use the protein coat. That's another way that they do it. So um, they kill, they remove the DNA because you can disrupt the, the virus. You can take the uh, virus, get rid of the DNA with the nucleic acid and just use the protein coat to induce a response, um, which is really what the immune system is doing. It's taking the protein from the protein coat to, to pr- produce the antibodies. Um, or uh, okay, we, can, we can inactivate these uh, organisms using um, um, toxins of one kind, or these, these, sorry, these uh, organisms produce toxins, like uh, t- uh, tetanus produces... Okay produces so, a toxin so we can take that toxin deactivate it and then and then use that to induce a, a response so there are several ways that they used to produce these vaccines and for the most part they were relatively uh, there were very few side effects to them for the most part um, yeah. we we have new methods now um, the problem with a lot of those methods is that there were a lot of um, residual material within the vaccine and they were a bit more difficult to produce. Um, when, you say, when you say residual, you mean of the original... Um, well, some of them were produced... Um, uh, some of them, in order to grow up the virus, for instance, you have, uh, they, they used to use the chicken egg. Yeah. Right? So they would put the virus into the airspace in the egg and, and grow up the virus on the membrane. But, of course, when you separate that, you're going to get bits of chicken yeah, cells yeah. in that. So there were... You know, there were there were other things that were present in there that were not always possible to remove completely. Oh, is, that so why some people, is that why some people get um, uh, kind of, um, what is it now, allergic reactions? Allergies, yeah, like that. That, that, that's, one of the, that's one of the reasons okay. uh, that, that that happens. Anyway, um, the new methods try to eliminate that, and they're going to, now that we have the, the human genome project got finished with and we understand we think the the whole uh, DNA and genetic structure. They they can now sequence the uh, protein. The gene. The, they can find the gene that se- that codes for that protein, and then sequence that protein and use that to create the vaccine in vitro. So you don't have these other problems. Yeah. Um, recombinant DNA, uh, where we basically you take the you take the uh, uh, the genetic code from the from the virus, and uh, this is very dangerous. Basically, you you tweak it, you tweak that you tweak that code, and then you put it into another virus that is um, not dangerous, like an adenovirus or something like that. Okay, um, uh, hang on, hang on right there a minute. So sure. you've got this DNA code. Yeah. Okay. You're able to read this code, so you know there's four letters in this code, yeah, and and its, it's order and, and everything is is determined determines what it is, right? And then you say, 
you tweak it so you put the T in place of the I don't know, what the, I forgot the four letters there involved them, but you see the T put it somewhere else. I mean, well, you can see, yeah, you can switch it so that the, so that the virus so that code doesn't code for that protein exactly. Okay, so you know what the end game is as far that, as that. Code. That's, that's right, and, and that then, um, well, it appears to work because it's that's what they're using. That's one of the techniques they're using to produce this this vaccine for the for the COVID, and it's one of the techniques they use for for producing the HPV vaccine and and all these other vaccines that are out in the in the marketplace currently. Um, the problem it seems to me is that because you're using uh, now a sequence of DNA, you, this is very difficult to separate in that manufacturing process. And when you go on the on the CDC website, you can see all of the things that are actually present in that vaccine that they are unable to to remove. Now you still have to grow this up. They still have to grow it up in egg, or more more recently they use uh, obviously fetal tissue to grow up these vaccines, which is one which is one major problem because because the DNA of course from those systems remain in the in the vaccine in the vaccine. So when you put it into people you're putting these other other pieces of information in there too. Um, so it is a problem. Uh, you, you said are, something. The CDC. What's the CDC stand for? It's obviously an authority of some sort. Uh, the CDC are the the American. Um, I've forgotten. The, I've forgotten the. Uh, but it's but it's actually they're, they're the ones. Basically, they set they, the rules. They set the rules. They're looking at all of the. Uh, when when a pharmaceutical wants have produced a new drug, it goes to the CDC and they do oh. the analysis on that. Like the FDA. And then, and then the FDA, yeah, and then it goes through the regulatory process. Um, so, with, the, with for instance, with the uh, corona, COVID, uh, the coronavirus pandemic we're going through now, we've been listening to or waiting for the CDC to make pronouncements on what we should be doing to deal with this with this pandemic. So they provide all that information. So when you go when you go right now, if you look at the CDC, they just, as you know, they just pronounce it that of the number of people in America who have uh, supposedly contracted COVID and have died, it's only six percent of people who have actually died from COVID. The other ninety-four percent have died from other things. It just so happens that that they had also this virus as well. Or at least they were able to, tra- to to have some trace of it. It didn't necessarily mean that they. Well, I, no, that's right. I, I I I shouldn't even say that. I should really say that they using the test that they currently have uh, that showed that they had antibodies to the COVID. I and and I say that because because the test itself is not testing for the presence of the virus itself. It's testing for the presence of the antibodies. And there are a number of viruses, and, they, and they, these antibodies they're testing for um, are fairly common. Um, so what, also, sorry, also why, as a layman, why don't they just test for the virus? Because they haven't actually isolated the virus, as far as I'm aware. They know that, you know, we're told that they have the gene sequence for the virus. But from a science perspective, what's, what is supposed to have been done is that 
uh, it's called Knox postulates. So basically, there's a disease, you isolate the organism, you take that organism, you purify it, you put it in, so you, and then you grow it up in culture. Yeah. You take that out of culture, you then put it into a, an, an organism, so an, an instance, a, a rat or a mouse or whatever, and you see whether you get the same symptoms. You, once uh, okay. once you've done that, you then take it out of the the uh, animal, and you you purify it. You then grow it up again to see that you have the same virus that you started with, or the same organism that you started with. Okay, that's and that proves that it's that it's that organism that's responsible for that particular disease. Now that hasn't been done, as far as I'm aware. Why do you think they would not do that? Um, well, that's, yeah, that would be one one uh, good reason. Um, we we have a we have we have a, a pandemic, as we're told. Uh, these people are, re are responding. We need to get we need to get to the point where we can we can stop the spread of this. Um, but they but they don't even know. They don't even. They're not testing for. The actual disease, just traces of what might, I mean, that, those the, those antibodies that they're testing may not have anything to do with the disease then, because that, that, Corona is, is, is a, is a generic name for a whole range of, of, of viruses, what I understand. That's, that's true. Um, there are thousands of uh, coronaviruses, and, and well, there are at least 160 that we know of, um, and we've been exposed to them. Uh, for however, however long they're, they're around, just like the flu virus, um, so which is also a coronavirus type of coronavirus. So we will have these antibodies. Also, with the tests that they're using um, to show the presence of these uh, these antibodies, and that's why so many people are testing positive. The test they're doing is it's recombinant DNA. So basically, they take a little bit of the they take some of the sample from the person, and it goes through what's called a PCR, so it's, it, um, which is a, a replication process. So it replicates the virus um, so that it can be seen. Okay? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so it replicates the virus so it can be seen, and, and that gives the positive test. But it's a very small amount of the virus that's replicated. So we could be carrying this virus, but in, in, a, in an amount that is not uh, harmful, just like the flu. You know, for most of us, it's not harmful, and our immune system takes care of it. Um, but when you replicate it up artificially, it then shows, yeah, you, you're positive for this, and, and therefore you can spread it. But in fact, again, it hasn't been shown that people spread this the way that we've been told. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So, yes, that's, uh, that's 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 so true. Um, I I find it I find it quite amazing that we can make all these assumptions based on um, based on what we think we're doing, and yet as I you know as I, was, I was speaking to Greg and I was saying that they were they want to roll it out and make it compulsory and the rest. So how can they even talking about anything being compulsory? It's just something experimental. I mean that's just. Complete nonsense, you know. But why? But why do people die of the flu? I mean, you know, as you were saying that, you know, most of us survive it. But what is it about the flu that makes it so, um, so deadly for some people? 
Um, yes. That's a, actually, that's a very good question um, because, because we've all had the flu at some point in our lives, uh, pretty much, and we're all hanging around still. So, from, again... Okay. We've got, we got to go for a break uh, um, in a, a few seconds, I think. So, okay. I'll, just, I'll just let you know where we are. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, always on air and always online, at crusadechannel.com, last live radio stand, station standing. And you're listening to the Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusade Channel. I'm Joe Clovis, sitting in for um, Mr. Barrett, who's on holiday. Our phone number is 844-527-8723. Our live chat room, the only social media out there worth actually socializing in, is online at crusadechannel.com chat. listening to the Barrett Brief Show here on the Crusade Channel. I'm Joe Clovis, sitting in the big chair for Richard, who is on leave. Hey, Richard, I'm looking after your, uh, your listeners for you, so you can continue resting. Um, you're listening to the Crusade Channel, always on air, always online at crusadechannel.com, the last live radio station standing. Telephone us on 844-527-8723. Our, ch our live chat room is the only social media out there worth actually socializing in. It's online at crusadechannel.com chat. Okay, we're back to Chris. Chris, something you were saying about the, um, about the, the PCI poly, poly, polymerase chain reaction. So PCR. PCR. So there's a chain reaction. So something's actually going on within that uh, that DNA. I would assume, or at least it sets up a a, a code or sets up a, an activity that maybe the cells would work on information. Well, essentially, the PCR uh, chain reaction is one where you take a very small amount of the nucleic acid from the virus and you you replicate it, so you produce a large amount, and then you can use that for your test. So, when we do when we do the when the, when a sample is taken from a person, there's not enough to tell whether it's present or not. There's not enough nucleic acid, and so they have to replicate that up. So they, as an example, you might get 0.1 of a mil from the sample from the person, and you have to produce 10 mils in order to get a positive test. So they replicate it up. Well, it, it can take minutes or hours. It, it's right now. This, this system is very, very quick to do. So, so it's possible to speed it up. But the problem is, you might have, or you or I might have the virus, but we have in a very low titer, very low concentration, which doesn't cause a disease. But when you put it through this machine to replicate it up, it suggests <laughs> that you have this huge inoculum which you can pass to other people. So that's, that's nonsense. I mean, I, I understand that. Anyway, a, anyway. 
the question was, why do people die from the flu? And I think most people die from the flu, not because of the flu, but because of other things that, that they're dealing with. The flu is just that final... Sure. That's right. So people who are dying from flu tend to be older people, young kids whose immune system is not maybe maybe fully developed. Older when you people, say young, then when you say young, what ages are we talking about? Well, we're, we're talking about babies or you know young kids as they learn. As you as you get older, of course, you, your immune system matures. Yeah, and you're able to fight this off. This is why kids in high school they might get the flu, but they don't die from it typically, mm-hmm. unless. There are other comorbidities, as they say, yeah. diabetes, etc., etc. So that's that's primarily why it's, it appears that people are dying. And, and yes, it's a lot of people, um, but uh, that's the way it is. The question from a, is, what, from a from a human perspective, it would make sense just to focus on people that have um, compromised. A health or compromised immune system and and the health issues. Okay, that's right. That would be the same. Why does the whole planet, everybody, have to um, be a suspect for some for for, the, for this disease of passing on this disease? It's, I think I think that question is for another time. Uh, that's too big a question. If we look at, you might ask the question: Why is the immune system? Because our immune system is supposed to take care of this, unless it's weak. It's weakened. So what weakens it? And what can we do to strengthen it? I think those are two really important questions. Um, Because it's not the vaccine that will do that. We we have to rely on an immune system. And I say that because we are surrounded by viruses. We know that we have about 60, 65 trillion cells in our body. There are at least five times as many bacteria as there are human cells in our body. Wow. And there are at least 5,000 times as many viruses in us and around us. This puts, so, this puts, this puts a new angle on the, on the, on the term busybody. <laughs> so we can't, we can't be creating vaccines for all of these organisms. We, have to, we actually have to strengthen our immune system. And we can do that by three things. We need to have better food. We need to be able to source our food locally and eat organically rich food the food most of the food that we get is not organically rich we need to obviously get uh, good water and rest and we need um to uh, to um the pollution we need to reduce our pollution load those are the kind of main things that we need to do exercise we need to sweat we need to get our our system to eliminate all of these toxins so this is, those are really key things. We need to reduce our dependence on, or I, maybe I should I say, uh, maybe we need to switch our approach from an allopathic way of dealing with disease. What does that mean? One, uh, so basically, you go and take a drug. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, and you go to a doctor and they give you a prescription. We need to switch from that to more naturopathic approach, which looks at how nature... And how we did in the past deal with disease. Yes, people used to die in the past, but people have always died. Um, but right now, we go to the doctor, we get a drug, and, the, and we have no idea what this drug is doing to the whole system because we are a complex system. It's not just us. It's all of these bacteria and all of these fungi and all of these viruses that are present in us that are maintaining our system. 
maintaining our health. And when we take these drugs, we actually decimate these organisms. And then the ones that, that are successful are the ones typically that cause disease. So there is a need to switch, I believe. I think, I think the takeaway from this is really um, we just have to... I was going to say we just need to kind of, you know, change our outlook to our, the, the way we live, you know. But um, we are, for us to do that, we have to get those powers that be that want to make money of us, that want to basically put us or keep us in the matrix um, so that they can use us, use our bodies because um, I think this is this is the problem. I mean, you, you can say, well, eat healthily and do exercise, okay? And, you know, look after your, your, your immune system. Be very aware of your own bodily, your bodily functions and how you feel. You can, you can say all of that, okay? With all the noise of today, with all the, the pressures that are on parents and, the, and, and even and the adverts and everything on children and all the fast food and all of the drugs and all of the, the things that are really a major distraction, including adverts, including films that are, are, are that are destructive to our mental health as well you know how do we step out of that which is a, a question that's not going to be answered here but if we can take away from this that we've got to get back to how did you put an allopathic or neutropathic naturopathic so that we actually identify the foods that we should be eating avoiding as much as we can the foods that we should be that are, that are killing us because it's I, I, let, me, suicide. let me just uh, if i can just jump in because this is what's happening here in in, uh, in ontario and it's happening in the states uh, since the beginning of this coronavirus when the food chain or the, the supply chain has been disrupted people are actually going out now and sourcing food from local farmers so Ooh. there's a so there are there are community agricultural associations CSAs developing where people are actually connecting directly with farmers and are getting their food farmer to plate as it were and that gives money to the farmers and the farmers reinvest in their growth of their food so there is this is happening so you can get your food if you want to look what you're saying is true but what people need I believe is practical ways that they can do right now if you can get your food directly for the farmer, then the grocery store they're not going to they're not going to they're yeah. going to actually try and get that food because uh, the food because that they have, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's rotting on their on their table. So that your money will work for you. Yeah, I mean that that is fine and good, especially if you have transport and you're you're not um you know like for example my mother-in-law she you know she, she lives in 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 Brixton in the centre of London as it were. I mean, she, one of us would have to go and get the food, which is not a problem for us, but there are many old people that don't have that, that luxury, living in old people's homes and stuff. Again, okay. let, let me just come back very quickly on that, because there are systems here. Gateway is an example that's set up here in Ontario, where you phone, and they will, they are connected to the farmer, and they just deliver the food <laughs> to the door. So it, it's, it's happening right here. It's happening right now. To a certain extent, I think it's happening here in, in the UK as well. I mean, I was hearing some, something like that on, on the BBC. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting because it really does put You're the power back, but yeah, put back it on, into, the, in, into the hands of the farmers. And they, I think they're appreciating it because, you know, 
they're doing what they love doing. They love growing. They don't like, you know, wasting their food as, as uh, a lot of the time they would, that, would, that would happen. Um, I'm sure you remember the years when we were pouring milk down the drains and we were having all these mountains of food and stuff like that, you know, um, while people in the other parts of the world were starving. But yes, we, the thing is, we have the answers. We, 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 we've identified the problem. There are just some very greedy or very, if they're not greedy, very ideologically driven or uh, power-driven people that are the obstacles. My concern is how do we move them out of the way? But that would be for another show. Yes, another very show. much so. Yes. If, if anybody out there has an idea how we can do that, then I mean, you know, tell Mike and he'll have you on a show, I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we are... We are very much at the hands, I would say, of the conglomerates, the big business multinationals, who are now really trying to um, impoverish the the, um, the middle classes and the smaller businesses. I mean, I've worked for BT for many years, and it's in a lot of trouble. And I regarded BT as a big company, but it's not in in the scheme of things like the Googles and the Microsofts. And it's it's just a little, it's a bit player, you know. Um, and uh, the BT could well be going down the chute, you know, which really has surprised me. Okay, I'm out of it now, which is good. But um, it, but it just shows the enormity of the of the problem and, and how desperate the situation is. Um, so, so so the only way to, to the takeaway is the only way to strengthen your immune system is to eat well, to exercise, to drink clean um, clean water and uh, and how do you, how do you get clean water in the systems that we have? Because there's so much done about you but there's chlorine and stuff in in the water um you get rainwater and purify it as well um well there are filtration systems i understand that the logistics of all of this i'm in a unique position to have control of a lot of that for, for myself but you know for, for anybody living in the city um there's not a lot there's not a lot you do what you don't want to do of course is buy bottled water but but um why but uh because, plastic, well, it's because of the plastic. A bottle of water is basically the same tap water. They just put it in bottles. <laughs> <laughs> there was a program in uh, actually a comedy show, and they were actually doing that. And he set up, he set up this uh, company called, uh, I think it's called Peckham Spring, and he was literally pouring it from the tap. And apparently, uh, after that, mo after that series, they um they actually said that it was quite legal to do that. And uh, so, wow. <laughs> they don't have to test bottled water either. They don't have to test it in the same way. Here they test the water that comes in your tap every, uh, at least five times a day. Um, whereas bottled water, I think they have to test it just once a year. Okay. Um, so, anyway, that's another issue. <laughs> yes, a whole other issue. But well, issue. yeah, but water and good food, exercise—those are the three things we need to get our our minds on. There, yeah. there are certainly um, is, there's nutritious food which has bulk, but there's also um, medicinal food as well. You know, That's like the turmeric right. and the garlic and and things like that, which you take in small quantities, that enables your immune system to actually fend off these uh, these viruses and bacteria and and what have you. So yeah, it's um it's a it's a I, I, I'm I'm just checking the time. We've got about I don't know. About another five minutes. I don't oh, think, okay. I think maybe four or five minutes. I think if there's anything else you need to um, uh, to to expound on. Um, did Did you finish off that point actually, Chris, on why we die of flu? And I know you said that because our immune system may be compromised. But is that? I mean, would a healthy person ever die of flu? Would Some do. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Some do, and that I mean, is there are genetic factors that come into play, um, but essentially it's the weakening of the immune system. So if your immune system, for whatever reason, and it could just be pollution, um, you're, you're living in a polluted environment. I mean, yeah. for instance, there are new theories about this whole COVID thing, but one of the key things that has astounded me about it is that the symptoms that are used, so the kind of the blueness of the face and the lack of um, oxygen in the blood, the blueness it comes from the lack of oxygen in the blood. And that's why they need respirators to increase the oxygen. But cyanide does the same thing. And cyanide? Yeah, cyanide. And so we get that in pollution. And wow. This, and the, uh, in, in the, the pollution, in the chemicals that are in these pollutants, the dust and the ligating pollutants, uh, there's a particular size of... Um, Particle is 2.5 micrograms. Micro, uh, yeah, micrograms. This is particular size of particle that the virus attaches to, but also the cyanide that's in the air, in the, in the pollution, they use cyanide for all kinds of things, also attaches to this. And what cyanide does is it binds to the hemoglobin instead of oxygen, so it stops oxygen from getting to the hemoglobin. So people can't carry enough oxygen. And so they go into respiratory distress. So they put them on a ventilator, they increase the amount of oxygen, but they still die because they haven't removed the cyanide. So the, the red blood cells which carry oxygen can't carry the oxygen because it's got cyanide, cyanide attached to it. Oh, so they people, die. So surely when they, when they produce oxygen, when they produce, don't they, isn't it... Sure, I, I mean, it's like when you, I suppose if you're, I sort of think if you're producing water, you'd, you'd clean it, but you're saying, no, we don't have to because you just get... No, no, yeah, but you're missing the point. It's not so much that there isn't enough oxygen. No, no, there's cyanide's in there. So wouldn't you, why don't you remove the cyanide from the oxygen molecule? That's the problem, because the cyanide binds to the, to the hemoglobin much tighter than oxygen does. It's oh. a cool but it binds more tightly, so... So you, there, there is ways of removing it. I mean, there are cyanide, there are kits that remove cyanide, so you can take it, and it happens really quickly. Um, but, but uh, you know, you have to be in, you have to be in a, in a hospital for for that to be available oh, so, to you. So they, so they recognise a problem in in the, in the medical industry. Oh yes, and they have systems for for removing it. It's just that they, they don't, they're not using it because they're not aware. Because they're saying it's a virus that's causing this problem, not cyanide, right? But 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 there are some systems where they're using this the the cyanide removal kits, and it's working for people. It's like the uh, hydroxychloroquine, right? Yeah, chloroquine. It's it's the same kind of thing. We're just looking at this from a different perspective. This coronavirus. No, we're looking the wrong way. We're just looking. We're, right. we're not even looking at the problem. We 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 assuming yeah. the problem somewhere else. You know, this is really ridiculous. Yeah. But I, um, think, I think as a takeaway, Joe, for for people who are listening, and it uh, is the vaccine because that seems to be the the way they say that they're going to control this pandemic. Um, and uh, the, the vaccine. One of the things that Greg was saying earlier in the earlier talk about this this uh, injection that they were going to give this vaccine and going to have these proteins. Well. There, that may well be true, but the, but they don't actually have to give you a vaccination. They, they actually have a tattoo. They use a sugar pill, yeah. a sugar needle, and they just stamp it on your hands. There's all kinds of things that are, that can happen now. 
So one has to be very cautious and and avoid you avoid this vaccine as best oh, you can. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. Chris, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. Um, you've you've bombarded us with so much information. You probably uh, there's people out there probably thinking, "Whoa, we're in a lot more trouble than they ever thought." But anyway, we have uh, we have our ladies, our ladies' birthday, and we can say our, we can say. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot, Chris. Okay, then. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, God bless. Bye-bye. Okay. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, always on air, always online, at crusadechannel.com, the last live radio station standing. I was sitting in for... Um, the, I was doing a Barrett brief for Richard, who's away on holiday, enjoying the enjoying a cool time with with the family. Okay, this is the end of the show. I have it's been a <laughs> it's been a marathon for me. Not used to talking for so long, um, but it's been very educational as well. Educational as well. I think I thank Mike for giving me this opportunity to to speak to you. I hope that you really. Um, glean something useful and, uh, and and informative and you can spread it around your friends tell your friends about uh, what we've been discussing about the crusade channel and um we can win this no no we've won this you know we we don't need to despair we have won the battle we're just going through the mopping up so we got to mop up some of the uh, the bacteria as it were the the the, the microsofts and the gateses and, and and those like um but we need to stay we need to stay on track we need to stay on target and we need to pray. We need to pray the rosary. Irrespective of what Chris said and, my, and, and Greg said, those are all important. But what's more important, that you pray the rosary every single day. There is nothing more important than doing that, apart from breathing. Okay? So, Our Lady, she'll watch over us, she'll guide us, and she'll protect us. It's been great.